Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Just so you know, I am no longer the local legend of the hillbilly run. I received that information from Strava. And Strava is the app I use to keep the stats on my bike riding habits and pace and everything else about that. I like that kind of data and information. So they actually had the nerve to email me the fact that the local legend status that I held on a certain segment, apparently, in in my local riding, someone else outpaced me there. So, and that could make you crabby easy. I mean, I'm sitting here with a... uh, my wrist in a cast, and I I can't do anything to reclaim my local legend status. Uh, that's one thing that uh, now you know about me. I mean, who is this that's bringing you the Krabby Pastor podcast? And I want to share just a couple of quick things with you to give you a sense of, of who I am and, and why I care about this. Uh, I started out as a marketing an advertising person. I had my own little agency. I served government, healthcare, and business clients. And one Sunday, my pastor was preaching, and I couldn't tell you what on earth the pastor was preaching about. However, God spoke to my heart and said, the list, are you willing to give that list to me? Now, the title of that list was I'll do anything for you, Jesus, but, and here's the list. So one of the things on the list was actually speak in front of other people. So after 15 years of pastoral ministry, you know, that's kind of haha now. Another thing about me is I am, for the record, the queen of overprepared, pretty much. I did manage to follow God into various educational efforts and ended up with a doctor of ministry and transformational leadership from Ashland Theological Seminary. But you need to know I wind the whole way. I'm I'm pretty consistent with that. I'm a consistent winder. See, kind of like Jeremiah was, right? Ha <laughs> ha. So yeah, wind and I would say, Lord, I think this is overkill. I think this is just something in my imagination that I should be doing. Please show me. And every time I prayed that before I went out for a new semester, a new term, God would indeed show me that, no, this is where I want your feet to go. So I did. The other thing is Isaiah 43 verses 18 through 21. And I'm going to read that and share that with you because this passage of scripture kept following me around for a while, and it followed me even before I accepted a a call to ministry because I kind of knew sort of that something might be coming, although being a pastor was furthest from, it, it didn't even make it, it wasn't even on my radar to, these are the things 
I'll do anything for you, Jesus. But it didn't make it to that list because it was so far off my radar. Here's the passage, though, Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. So that passage followed me around for for quite a while. It even followed me to fairly recently in my last appointment as a pastor, I was charged with merging four and a half churches, which I did do that project and it followed me there because as I was preparing to do this merger, which was also seen as an effort to create a a more missional, more missional, or maybe a missional in this case, uh, community of faith, that I was sent to like boot camp for church planters, which I'm very passionate about church planting as well. And the verse popped up there as a guiding element with this church plant slash merger that I was about. As I was stepping back from that, the verse arose again. And I'll never forget how shocked and stunned I was that at the end of the service, on my last Sunday there, because I knew God wanted me to step back. And I, and I really didn't know what I was going to be doing next, but I knew it was time for me to hand the baton to someone else. I'm really good at startup kinds of things. And we had worked together for five years. The congregation is south of Detroit. It's called Down River United Methodist Church. And I um, stood there in just stunned. I wish somebody had a camera at that moment because I'm sure I had this stupid look on my face like, huh? As they brought up this really, really, really big piece of artwork and emblazoned in it was the verse 19 piece of that. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it was engraved into this? And this is a huge piece of art. It's like six foot wide by, I don't know, maybe four feet. It's beautiful. And they gave that to me and I was stunned for a minute. But then I turned to the congregation and I said, you know, this reminds me that God is not done with you here yet, even though there's a pastoral change coming. Just remember that and hang on to that. I said, and it also reminds me that God's not done with me yet. And that's, I think, the part that stunned me the most was I felt like it was a message to my heart as well. And so what am I doing? I'm here now with you. I want to share a lot of things that God has taken me through so that I can be here with you and share what I've learned along the way. So right now, I am coaching, mentoring. I am a former business owner. I teach for a couple of Christian colleges and seminaries. And my goal right now is to encourage you 
as pastors, as any kind of ministry leader or even business leader, and help you to walk in a way that is going to mitigate your burnout and is going to give you a sustainability so that you can keep on keeping on in those days and times when you say, I'm done. I've had it. I have had enough. So the other thing I wanted to share with you is our topic today is rest of which you need to know I'm really bad at. And during the time that I was in the area south of Detroit, which is referred to as down river because it's down the river from Detroit, I ran into a store called All That Glass I had already begun to acquire, that's usually where I am in the craft chain of things, is I'm the person that purchases it at the end, you know. So I was acquiring a couple of pieces of glass balls, I guess, for the lack of whatever. I had become very fascinated with this one artist called Eicholt. And he had like bubbles in the glass. It was wickedly, weirdly cool looking. So And then along the way, I became interested in what glass is, you know, like it's sand that's been zapped with lightning. I thought that was amazing as well. But I didn't ever see myself as somebody who created anything because I made fun of people who had craft rooms. I just didn't get it at all. And I thought, and you have a whole room dedicated to this? I have to say today I have a workshop (laughs) dedicated to this. Because as I stepped foot into all that glass, curious, of course, as to what kind of glass was in there, I ended up signing up for a stained glass class and, and just have, I just didn't expect that I would get attached to this, let alone obsessed with it. And today I still am doing that when my arm is not in a cast. And I don't think on that too much because That would make me crabby as well, and I just have to function where I am now, here and now. But the one thing I did want to share with you that I learned along the way as I learned to do stained glass is that I could rest. I could rest as I was creating, and that is the topic that we'll say more on in just a moment. Hey, I would love to hear what makes you crabby or what might make you crabby on just the right day, you know, or maybe, maybe you know what makes your friend in ministry crabby. You could send that along too. Send it to Margie at MargieBryce.com. That's Margie at MargieBryce.com. And that may indeed be fodder for our next session together. So today's topic is along the lines of seeking out John 10.10, having life and having it in abundance. And to do that, sometimes we have to do some rest, which I am not very good at. I can sometimes see it as being lazy, uh, being non-productive, being a waste of time, wasting your time. I have to confess that before you. On the other hand, part of what I learned as I explored glass and glass production is that I can 
do glass and am so focused in it that I lose track of everything else. And that, my friends, is the value of all those people with craft rooms that are doing crafts and stuff. A special big shout out to those people who can knit, which I would never in a bazillion years attempt. I'm a little too perfectionistic and would that would be frustrating. But you need to find something that you are good at, that you enjoy. And certainly when you're cutting glass and handling glass and grinding glass, you can only focus on glass, let me tell you. Otherwise, you can find yourself bleeding, which I have done before. Not because I was distracted, but because it's a dangerous sport, let me tell you. So you want to find something that you enjoy. And I was very shocked that number one, I became a craft person. And number two, I finally understood why people do this. Why do people create with their hands? Maybe you're a great woodworker. Maybe you like outdoor sports. I certainly enjoy cycling. So maybe it's extra dangerous right now that here I sit with a broken wrist and not only am I not able to get on the bike, the outdoor bike, I have an indoor bike and I'm just starting that back up again because I have to, even though it's beautiful outside and it's making me crazy that I can't get out there on a bike. But I haven't been over to the glass shop either because my left wrist is just not functional the way I need it to be. And so I haven't been really cycling and I haven't been glassing either. So who knows what that says about my mental state at the moment. I don't know. But I do know this, that you need to find something that you enjoy, something that you love in order to seek out that John 10.10, having life and having it in great abundance and giving yourself a moment to come up for air. That's what we need, a moment to come up for air. Because guess what? You know, Sunday ain't our day off, is it? Exactly, in many cases. And pastors are, and ministry leaders can be averse to taking that sabbatical day off. All you, all you have to do is, is see a stressed out ministry leader and ask when they took a sabbatical. And if they give you the stink eye, well, there you go, you know. So my goal here then is to encourage you to find something and do something you love for 30 minutes every day. 30 minutes. 30 minutes is not a long time. Every day you want to do that. This gives you opportunity to rest your brain for a while. Because as I'm doing glass and I can only think of that one thing, that shields me from the bazillion other things that my brain wants to go and do. And I suffer from the busy brain syndrome. I, my brain goes in, you know, multitude of directions at once. So for it to do one thing is just an amazing, amazing thing. So you will want to find and take your time. Sometimes it's trial and error. Find something that you enjoy doing, woodworking, whatever it is find something. Now, the 30 minutes a day thing is kind of like a mini daily retreat. And that's another form of rest is retreat. And I was 
poor at doing retreats while I was doing the merger slash church plant project. I could have gone on more of those. I finally did. I finally saw the need and I could tell I was in trouble when I arrived at the ministry center and realized I had not packed and brought along a key piece of luggage. You know, I refer to it as the face case. (laughs) Ladies know what that means, I'm sure. And I went back, I had to go all the way back home and then come back up. And I met with the spiritual director for the retreat that I was going to go on. And I sat down and just yammered with her for a while and said, boy, oh boy, my challenge with all this is that I just don't like going out. You know, I'm I'm attached to, you know, staying home and being in my house and not going somewhere. And I think that's part of why I haven't taken too many retreats. To which she replied, you have an inordinate attachment to your own bed. And I thought, yeah, sister, you're right. I I do have that. But then later on, I thought about what she said and was like, yeah, I probably, you know, I should probably think about this. So anyway, I asked her at the end of our discussion time what she wanted me to do on this retreat. And she said, nothing. I want you to do nothing. And I thought, is she serious? I mean, I'm, I don't know. That just, I don't know. I struggled when we went camping with some friends and we had a whole week. And I'm thinking, what do you do for a whole week at the campground? I have no idea. I was kind of overwhelmed at the idea of camping for a whole week. And what do you do during camping? I don't know. And at the end of that, I realized, wow, I can so fritter away a whole week. Look at me. I was kind of impressed with myself about that. But then here it is, you're on a retreat, and I kind of feel like that there's something, a spiritual task that you should be doing. You know, I get stuck in that, and I realized that, okay, my assignment was to do nothing. So I kind of wandered around and wandered around the um, the beautiful grounds, and there I spied a hammock. And I decided I was going to lay in the hammock, and guess what? I spent the entire afternoon in the hammock. And now the hammock is referred to me affectionately as the holy hammock. Because I learned sometimes you need to do nothing. And that it's okay to do nothing. And that there's a reason that even the Lord God Almighty rested on the seventh day. And that we just run around like crazy people thinking the entirety of the world rests on our shoulders and we have to be faithful and we have to, but guess what? It's hard to offer God your best self if you are not resting. And if you're not resting, you are greatly increasing the chances that you're crabby and you are greatly increasing the chances that your ministry may suffer. It may be diminished because you're not taking care of the Holy Spirit temple that God gave you, out of which you are to offer God back your best self. So that's my encouragement to you today. If you don't have something, a hobby, get a hobby or an interest and cultivate it, nurture it. And if you try one thing 
and you decide, nah, this ain't it, then try something else. But you've got to find some outlet for rest. And retreats are also the other option that is kind of a forced rest. And you may end up in the holy hammock doing absolutely nothing and just resting, relaxing, and reflecting on how you are God's person and you are a human being, not a human doing. You're a human being. And God loves you that way. God does not love us because of what we do for the kingdom. God loves us despite ourselves and with just a holy fervor that we just can't understand. And we're sure it's tied to how well we do X, Y, or Z. And if you're a ministry leader and God has given you thousands of people to minister over, praise God. And if you're a ministry leader and God has given you five people over which you are to minister, you just need to be faithful and obedient with what God has set you to do and not worry about anything else. But in all of your doings, you have to remember that you are a being and you have to be that child of God that you are and just let God love on you as you rest and maybe do nothing and maybe do something that recreates that whole love of God in your heart once again and once more and stokes the fire of all of that. And as my spiritual director used to say, you are a much beloved child of God. And that's what we need to live into for that John 10.10 kind of existence. Hope you have a great rest of your day. May you go and find some rest. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for considering what it looks like to be the crabby pastor. And my hope and prayer would be that you would be doing everything that you need to do to not be the crabby pastor. <laughs>